The Indianapolis Colts are enjoying their bye week, so it's a perfect time to give out some midseason awards. Who gets the MVP for the Colts? What about offensive and defensive players of the year? And what about breakout player for the Indianapolis Colts? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore. I'm joined here as always by my fellow writer, analyst, and co-host of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast, Drake Wally. Drake, it's honestly, this bye week came at the perfect time. Right in the middle of the season allows us to uh, uh, kind of recharge our batteries. The players are recharging. The coaches are recharging. We as writers are recharging. There's not really Really much to, to write about or discuss, but tonight's going to be a fun episode, giving out some awards to the, to the Colts, and it it pretty much falls directly in the middle of the season. So how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, and I agree, man. It's nice to get a little bit of a break at times, especially when you cover the team, um, but it, it comes right at the perfect time, coming off of a two-game win streak, regardless of who it's against. It's a professional team that you're defeating, um, and then they're going to be going into a softer part of the NFL schedule, you know, uh, soft one of the softest, actually, in the league. So mm-hmm. a lot of momentum, go- a mo- momentum going in, but there's so much to work on. But hey, today is about praising some awesome talents that have been on this young team that have sh- that have stood out some guys that have come out of their shell like you never thought they would and it's going to be exciting stuff and it'll hopefully get people excited for the future of this football team yeah i agree and and i think there's still plenty to play for for this indianapolis colts team so fans if you've tuned out on the colts for 2023 just because anthony richardson isn't out there doesn't mean there isn't meaningful football still left to be played That's right uh, true it trusts are getting us off to a hot start with the super sticker today Truett actually isn't even in the chat currently because he's going to church he said i'm early uh he's got church tonight so he's gonna watch us later but hey Truett, you obviously Dedication. church is far more important than uh joining us here live but hey we appreciate you getting this off to a really hot start tonight Truett, uh one of our loyal listeners nfl nerd is in here too seeing saying jesus is a colts fan uh i would agree jesus is a colts fan so good to see you nfl nerd Stats Matt That's is right. in the chat already. Seems uh, like Sam, a guy we that got would it. Be. Yeah, absolutely. He says we got we got a deer hunting stress free weekend from stats matt so hey hey that that sounds like a fire way to spend your bye weekend so if you haven't uh, done so already please go ahead right. and, and follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on twitter or x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i go live every monday and thursday night so you can join us live in the chat don't forget to hit a like on this video as well but if you can't catch us live or you can't catch us on youtube apple spotify google wherever you're listening to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe uh, and give us a five-star review so we can reach other colts fans just like you so drake let's dive right into it man we're going to give out some some mid-season awards here tonight for the indianapolis colts and and chat as as we're going through these awards please throw in your your award winners for for each one of these categories and we'll throw some up on the screen we want to see which players uh, uh you think are deserving of these awards and and typically shows like these start out with mvp uh offensive and defensive we're going to kind of go a little bit in reverse we're going to save mvp for last and we're going to give the young guys some love so drake let's start on the offensive side of the ball 
offensive rookie of the year. I think this one is is pretty obvious. I think we're both going to have the same one. And guys, Drake and I have no idea which uh, what each other picked for these uh, for these awards. So we're going to react live to him. So Drake, who is your offensive rookie of the year for the Colts? There's they've had some rookies definitely play pretty well. Um, I, I have a tie, so maybe that um, will help. But actually, you know what? I'll go with the guy that is not the obvious choice that I had. I put tackle Blake Freeland. Oh, okay. okay. The reason that okay. I put tackle Blake Freeland. Yeah, yeah. He it was it was one guy or Blake Freeland. So I'll go with the second one because I think the Blake Freeland. We saw him in the preseason, right? We saw him in training camp, and Dio Dangbo was just roasting him at times in training camp. And you're looking at him like, okay, he's a rookie. He's going to take his lumps, but he's getting beat in training camp. And then the preseason was a little bit rough, and this is against second and third stringers. So when he initially was like when, – when the news hit that he's going to be starting, I was like, holy crap, man. This is going to be really bad because we're talking about a guy who's finding his footing, and he was struggling against second and third string guys. Okay, now he's got to play against Aaron Donald. Now he's got to play against Harold Landry. Now he has to play against Miles Garrett. Like you're potentially at the time you're thinking, you know, maybe he's just going to play one game. But as you watched him, he continuously got better. He was at least he was at least a solid piece while Braden Smith was getting healthier, you know. And so I think up to this point, man, he's shown that. If he can continue to get better, he could be a starting caliber tackle for for you know for the Colts. You know you, you don't really think long term about what happens between him and Smith or him and Ryman or what, but you know whatever for a fourth round pick to get plopped in there and face some of the best pass rushers the NFL hasn't like period right out of the gate. I think he's done pretty well. So props to Blake Freeland and hopefully he continues to ascend because he looks pretty good for you know the situation he was thrown into. That is that is an interesting pick. I, I didn't have Blake Freeland as as my option, uh, even though he has come in and, and filled filled in admirably uh, over these over these first uh, through the middle part of this of this stretch with with having Bernard Ryman out for a game, Braden Smith out for for another four. Uh, he definitely wasn't expected to to go in at, at this point, but hey, again, trial by fire, just like Bernard Ryman took last year, and that's that's played out pretty well so so that's an interesting pick uh and and stats matt put jalen jones i think that's who you want for defensive rookie of the year stats matt you just calm down a little bit we'll get there buddy we'll we'll get there uh but for nfl nerd put my pick in it's josh downs nfl nerd says josh downs is going to have a career he's my pick and nfl nerd that's who i picked as well josh downs having an incredible start to his rookie season uh i mean we we talked about it early on how we thought drake that it was probably going to start a little bit slow isaiah mckenzie would have that uh that that slot role to start and then eventually it would go to josh downs as the season went along no chance. Josh Downs took that over in training camp, and and he's looked fantastic uh, uh, from from the jump. Overall on the season, forty three catches for five hundred and twenty three yards, two touchdowns for the rookie out of North Carolina, and he's really asserted himself as as the the second option on this team uh, behind Michael Pittman Jr. and and he has easily become a vo- a vocal point of Shane Steichen's offense. 
I think he fits in this offense very well as that quick winning wide receiver at the line of scrimmage has has hands of glue catches pretty much everything thrown his way I still don't think he has a drop on the season and and we're 10 games in for the Colts what a steal of a pick by by Chris Ballard uh, uh props to Reggie Wayne for for beating the table for Josh Downs and it's I don't think it's even a a really a a question that, that Josh Downs is going to be a vocal point of this offense and and for this team for for years to come growing with Anthony Richardson. Yeah, and you know when you look at I I love the fact that you brought that up about Isaiah McKenzie because you know like we've said a couple of times we had him on the show amazing guy. Now when they picked Downs I said to myself he's going to sit behind McKenzie because McKenzie's mm-hmm. coming into a situation off of a career season as a receiver. He's he doesn't have Josh Allen, right? But he's got Shane Steichen. He's got a guy who can figure out how to get him open and maybe even eclipse 40. I can't remember how many catches. I think it was like 40 or 45, but he could eclipse that. I did not expect at all Josh Downs to basically, I mean he started making plays in the preseason. Like he he started making plays in training camp. He was you and I were like holy crap this dude is roasting people. I mean, he made Chris Lamont's look absolutely ridiculous, almost made him fall down on a whip route. So, I mean, his he is he is playing absolutely fantastic. Like you said, those 43 catches on just 60 targets, that's like 72%. That's fantastic football. Um, and he's making it work, as I've said, with both Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew. They both go to him. So that's exciting. He can make it work with anybody. But, hey, when him and Richardson are on the field and when they start to really build that experience and chemistry together, boy, look out. That's going to be a hell of a duo. I think it is as well. Steve Stef- uh, Stefanatos uh, saying that Downs is the man here. I would agree. Uh, he's just been he's just been uh, such a breath of fresh air for this offense. It gives this this offense another weapon that they can use moving forward. Now let's move to the defensive side of the ball for uh, for the rookie talk here. And and this one this one was tough for me because originally I wanted to go with with Juju Brents because of how Juju Brents has has played when he's in there. I think. He's shown that he is going to be uh, a top corner for this team for for a long time, and I'm very excited to see what he can do. But I'm going to go with who stats Matt said, Jalen Jones. Uh, I think because of how the seven how the seventh round pick has played coming in and in place of Dallas Flowers, and the defense on that side really hasn't hasn't skipped a beat. Jalen Jones has played phenomenal football, and for a guy that wasn't even a lock to make the team to now be uh, to to beat out a, a a guy that was picked in front of him, a fifth round pick in in Darius Rush, who a lot of Colts fans really liked and wanted to keep. And then Jalen Jones goes out there, becomes a starting cornerback, and and I don't think he's I don't think he's going to relinquish that even next year. I think Jalen Jones has shown that he is more than capable of being a starting cornerback for this Indianapolis Colts team. He has stuck to receivers like glue. He hardly ever makes mistakes. Certainly doesn't play like a rookie. He's just gone out there done his job and done his job well phenomenal find again by chris ballard and the staff to to take a seventh round pick and and now he's looking like he could be one of the outside corners for this team for a long time so jalen jones is my pick for rookie of the year yeah and i have to I have to agree, actually. Uh, so 
I have Jalen Jones as well. And the reason that I have Jalen Jones is pretty similar to yours. I feel like just based off of the way that he's played, being plopped into the role that he's been plopped into, we 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 saw this type of we saw this type of uh I, I guess you would say skill set where it's like real physical, real uh, you know, right in front of you, you know, kind of jamming guys at the line. We saw that in the preseason. Then we started seeing it in training camp and we were getting excited, but we thought to ourselves, you know, hey, he's not going to really play that much. And now here he is with a 65. This is pro football focus again, but it's a 65.7 coverage grade on 360 snaps. Now, something that's interesting is I think that's I think that's like fourth amongst like the cornerbacks, if I'm not mistaken. But you got to keep in mind or no. Actually, it's like third third among the cornerbacks, but he has 218 coverage snaps, which is second on the team. Like, so he's he's been out there quite a bit, and he's been out there when when the game's on the line and when the passes are being thrown. So, I mean, he had a phenomenal you know hit in the Carolina Panthers game. He got up and his helmet was off. And he was jawing at people. This is a dude who is a freaking dog, and he's going to bring the pain to some of these receivers. So, he's the kind of guy that you're not going to hear a lot from. I think I don't think he's going to get a lot of interceptions, but he's going to be the guy that's going to shut out receivers. He he's going to do in the NFL what he did in college. And that's just completely removed guys when he's when he's lined up against them. So I, I love your pick. I love my pick. And I think Jalen Jones could potentially be the biggest steal because he's a seventh round pick. Stats Matt's coming in and saying, remember Ballard's comments about why Darius Rush was cut? Jalen Jones. And yeah, and Quentin, That's a good Quentin point. Uh, Lattimore says Jalen Jones is his uh defensive rookie of the year as well. It's it's been it's been fun to watch. I mean, and, and even when we were watching him in training camp, he was making plays out there uh against against the ones. And and we thought he was very, very impressive. It was just a matter of of him it, will he be able to get on the field. And unfortunately, Dallas Flowers goes down with that Achilles injury, but Jalen Jones has made the most out of his opportunities and that's that's what exactly what you want to see and now you want to see him continue to build on that he you want to see him start to get some some turnovers uh maybe maybe start to go up and 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 uh, against higher quality wide receivers here and, and start making noise as well. It's all about continuing to grow now for Jalen Jones that he is in the starting lineup. He's taking meaningful reps. Now grow with those meaningful reps. StatsMath says Jalen isn't the athlete Juju is, but he's got great technique and anticipation. And, and people forget Jalen Jones was one of the highest rated recruits coming out of high school for for his class just just four years ago so he went to texas a&m things didn't i mean he, he was a fine cornerback at texas a&m just didn't get just didn't get any of the the postseason accolades or or awards anything like that so but that hasn't stopped him from from getting off to a really fast start in his nfl career so i was really excited to see what jalen jones can continue to do throughout the rest of the season um so let's turn our attention here down to the the offensive and defensive players of the year so drake i'm gonna let you go here first again uh who is your offensive player of the year for the indianapolis colts so for me yeah i it was easy for me i think it's michael pittman uh i think that michael pittman jr has played absolutely fantastic yeah and again, and I love to throw this stat out to people that, uh, especially people that are like, well, you know, he's not that big of a, 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 you know, a threat at receiver. He's not a number one receiver. This dude has gone 
out there and he just continues to ascend with his numbers, right? But he's done it with just countless quarterbacks. He's done it, I think, it's seven quarterbacks. He's had uh, three different coaches now. Just counts constant were fantastic. So um, I absolutely think that he's deserving of this award. I think that it's going to be fun to watch him and Anthony Richardson grow. It's going to be fun to watch Shane Steichen um, be able to implement him in ways better than he's ever been used. Like his, for anybody out there that's curious, Michael Pittman Jr.'s maximum potential is going to be realized by Shane Steichen. So I think he's in a perfect situation. I think he's done a phenomenal job yet again, and he's going to probably finish with career numbers this year. So be ready to see that for sure. Yeah, Michael Pittman Jr. has been has been excellent in, in my opinion, and and I, I I think there's a little bit of a lag uh, with with Drake and I here, so we apologize. We're gonna try to get that fixed here uh, real quick. Well, so while we figure that out, I'm I'm gonna talk about Michael Pittman Jr. here uh, because I think I think Pittman has been. Uh, uh, a bright spot for for this Colts offense. You talk about a player that hasn't really ever had consistency with his quarterbacks. Uh, you're talking about starting with Philip Rivers, coming into Carson Wentz, then the disastrous season that was 2022 with Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger, Nick Foles, and and Michael Pittman Jr. still goes out and and produces. Now, is he the type of guy that that's going to put up 200 yards in a game? Uh, I don't think so. Just because, and it's not because I don't think he can't do that i think it's because the colts don't just just don't use him that way the indianapolis colts use michael pittman jr in that traditional x role to, to make the tough catches over the middle uh on third and on third and eight and you need a you need those eight nine yards they're gonna throw it to michael pittman um and and he's gonna come back and and really make those those tough catches to to get those yards and and it's and he not only that but just the toughness that that Michael Pittman Jr. brings it's so underrated and and you you see him when he catches the the pass in Baltimore helmet flies off gets right up or or even that that catch against uh, I think it was was it the Tennessee Titans or or was it against the uh, uh, the Cleveland Browns when he caught it and went seventy? Cleveland Browns when he no, caught it Cleveland Browns because it gave him the deuces. Yep, went seventy five yards <laughs> and 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 got that touchdown. So uh, just the toughness that that Michael Pittman Jr. brings. I, I know there's people out there that that say he's not a wide receiver one because he doesn't put up those numbers. I don't want to hear it. Michael Pittman Crazy. Jr. is is a wide receiver one in this league. Uh, I wanted to wait till you were back on Drake to bring this up. Well, first of all. Uh, thank you for the super sticker for my beautiful wife Danielle her nightly super sticker uh, with all of her support really do appreciate it thank you so much as always uh, and then Brandon Moses coming in here saying I don't want to say little P Moses cried when she heard Uncle Andrew's voice but I can't be sure she's impressed listen hey she's she's just crying because <laughs> she's just crying because you probably don't have us up on video she wants to watch the show not just listen to it Brandon uh, I think that's what that meant.
extent. Uh, but but hey, uh, NFL nerd says Pittman might be the toughest receiver in the NFL, just an absolute dog. Uh, definitely don't think that is a, a, a question right there. Stats Matt saying Andrew knows this is coming, but Pitt has to be it. Sorry, he doesn't have it 18 yards per catch like some wide receivers, but he's the security blanket and produces when needed. Um, so that was that was great. You know, um, I think I think Michael Pittman Jr. is is pretty much a lock to be re-signed with the Colts. I'd be shocked if Chris Ballard did not bring Michael Pittman Jr. back and 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 continue to have Pittman as one of the one of the vocal points and and one of the focuses for this offense moving forward. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I, I've really been impressed with the way that Pittman's handled so much rotation at quarterback. Like, look, man, you look at, you look at some of the great receivers that, that have been in the NFL. There's some like guys like Andre Johnson, even guys like current, like, like DeAndre Hopkins. Ironically, both former Texans. They've just whoever you threw at him, doesn't matter. They were still up for potentially 80 plus catches a season, a thousand plus receiving yards, ten plus receiving touchdowns. Like, the, Michael Pittman is elevating. He's getting better, and he's just dealt with nothing but change. So I can't wait to see Richardson back and healthy. I can't wait to see Steichen with his entire weaponry ready to go in his full arsenal because this is an offense, man, that as it grows together and as Steichen learns more and more how to be an NFL head coach on the fly, they're going to be pretty explosive. And that's one thing that we just heard countless times from him was that word through the offseason. So, hey, man, I'm really excited to see what Michael Pittman Jr. is going to do. He's going to be a star. I think so as well. Now, for my offensive player of the year, I'm going a little bit different route. I am going with a running back, and it's not Jonathan Taylor. It's Zach Moss. I think what Zach Moss has been able to do for this team to help keep this offense afloat through the injuries of Anthony Richardson, through uh, Jonathan Taylor missing the first month with his injury, Zach Moss has came in and just been uber impressive for for this offense and and i think even though he only received one carry last week i don't think that's going to become the norm uh, i do still think jonathan taylor will be the workhorse for this offense but i don't think zach moss is going away i think zach moss is still going to be a crucial part of this offense for the indianapolis colts he has certainly produced every single time his number has been called this uh this season uh still fifth in the league in rushing with 617 yards five touchdowns a 4.64 yards per carry average stat uh, uh zach moss has really just been able to 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 do to really put a lot of the naysayers to bed i mean he came in as a third round pick people saw didn't even know if he was going to find a team or, or if he was a starter caliber running back in the nfl i think this season has squashed that and and i don't think the colts are going to be able to afford bringing zach moss back unfortunately and and for him personally i don't think i want him back in at the indianapolis colts because he's not going to be a starter that's going to be jonathan taylor i would rather see zach moss go somewhere where he can succeed be the lead back somewhere and 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 go go get his bag so for me zach moss has been the offensive player of the year for the colts basically has helped carry this offense uh, uh with anthony richardson out since week five well, and the real awesome thing about this year for him is that it's it's a it's a year that proves that the Colts have without question won the trade. Like with mm-hmm. with the Buffalo Bills to get him, 
He's showcased speed that you didn't think he had or didn't know he had. He's got toughness for days. The guy just rips. He, he's the worst kind of running back to face because he's in so many ways similar to Jonathan Taylor in the way that he just he's always going to get at least two yards, it seems. And that's really, really punishing to a defense because he's so tough. He takes contact. I think it was in the Ravens game. He had like 30 freaking carries. And there was a couple times he was tackled in the backfield. It should have been negative one or two yards. And then he rips off a three-yard run because he just broke two tackles. I mean, he's the real deal. And and I think that last week, uh, the Patriots game, there was so little room for error. I think that Steichen said to himself, you know, let's just keep it in Jonathan's hands. Let's just keep it with Taylor. So Zach Moss, I think, saw one carry for two yards. But like you said, just be patient, especially for fantasy owners, because he's still going to be used for sure. Uh, this offense is going to be most dangerous, especially without Anthony Richardson, when both uh, when both Taylor and Moss are on the field, I think, with Minshew. I agree. And so let's move it to defensive player of the year here, Drake. But first, before we do that, uh, I do want to uh, mention this comment from, from Wyatt Law, just kind of putting the bow on offensive player of the year real quick, Why, and, and Michael Pittman. Chris Ballard loves Michael Pittman. No way he lets him walk, probably lets him test the waters, but reserves the right to match or come close with the money. And and I think that's going to be interesting uh, because like it. It, but we, we've shown – we, we've seen how how Chris Ballard has let players go and test the market before uh, to and, and to get a, a number and then come back to see if he he would match that. Uh, for for some players, I think that's okay. With Michael Pittman, I that that scares me. That honestly scares me a little bit, Drake. And I want to know your thoughts on this too, because there are some teams out there that I think could could really offer some big money for for michael Pittman jr and and that's that's almost asking for a little bit of a bidding war if if you're chris ballard in my opinion what the safe option would be is to try to lock michael Pittman up before he hits free agency so you don't have to compete with with every other team out there and end up in a bidding war you 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 come to an agreement with Pittman to keep him in indie long term before that happens and then you don't have to worry about possibly losing your your wide receiver one what do you think you know so if you i i think you need to do it before the end of the season and, and i think that you need to do that because number one he's going to get expensive right out of the gate okay as soon as the year's over he's immediately going to probably increase to about oh i'd say he could probably command at least 25 million dollars a year now if you i think right now if you extend him you can get him for 20 million a year maybe even 19 okay you could you could structure it long term and he could still you know maybe in the middle if he breaks out you you pay him more you restructure it somehow whatever okay but if you let if you let other teams throw out money there are so many teams andrew and you know know this that could use michael Pittman. there's coaches that mm -hmm. would love to have him on on the team the titans i mean they'd never do it but the titans teams like the titans who are so wide receiver hungry they could definitely use a guy like him so i think if you let it go to a bidding war he could be you know asking the colts hey man how about 35 million a year i think that you need to do it now so i absolutely agree he needs to get a he needs to get a, a, a extension for sure 
And just to, and, and the final point on this, just look this up for, for Spotrack, who, who does a really good job, I think, of estimating uh, what, what contracts are going to be for players. Currently, uh, they're estimating that Michael Pittman Jr., uh, his next contract would be around four years, $94 million, which would be about $23.5 million uh, on an average annual value basis. That's so. Not bad. It's it's not bad for for a wide receiver one in in today's game when when they're making upwards of thirty billion dollars. So, Colts are either going to have to pull the trigger now or risk losing Michael Pittman Jr. and and I don't know when you have a young quarterback like Anthony Richardson, I don't know if you want to do that. Okay, so now we can move on to defensive player of the year. I'll I'll take this one first, Drake. And for me, stats map reads my mind again. It's Kenny Moore the second. Kenny Moore the second having a resurgent campaign in 2023. Uh has has three interceptions on the season. Uh, and as stats Matt says right here, uh next gen stats came out today, and he's by far the highest rated slot cornerback in the NFL. Drake, we had this conversation back in the spring, uh, talking about how it, it wasn't it wasn't a guarantee that that Kenny Moore the second would even be playing this year with the Indianapolis Colts, let alone signing an extension. Man, I don't know how the Colts let Kenny Moore out of the building now. I think you have to keep him long term. Uh, the way he's playing, again, playing at a Pro Bowl level, playing as the best slot cornerback in the NFL, like he was in 2021. Kenny Moore is back. He's all the way back. He has been crucial for the success of this uh, of this team and and where they are right now. Hell, Kenny Moore the second was the reason they beat the Carolina Panthers. Without him, it would have been a much closer game. But instead, Kenny Moore takes over and decides to outscore the Carolina. Panthers by himself and and I mean not only for what he does on the field Kenny Morris has such an impact in the community in the locker room Kenny Moore the second is my defensive player of the year for the Colts so far I absolutely love that pick I think that Kenny Moore especially when you see um just the season that he had last year couldn't fit into Gus Bradley's new scheme. I remember writing a piece uh, on, on uh, with where he was one of the entries where I'm just thinking to myself, man, you know, just the fact that he has erupted. I mean, he's had a season where he has erupted. This may be the best season he's ever had up to this point. Okay. Even his Pro Bowl season going into to week 11, I don't think he was playing this torrid. Okay. I mean, he is playing angry, on fire, and efficient as hell. And I think that for a guy like uh, Jalen Jones, I think for even guys like Daryl Baker Jr., we've talked about this. Juju Brents, even though he's injured, I, I think that Kenny Moore proves to be a huge piece, not just on the field, but in the locker room. And then, like you said, hell of a dude in the community. So love that pick, Andrew. Mine is Zaire Franklin. I, uh, I, have just become more and more impressed with Zaire Franklin. I think that he is basically a top five linebacker in the entire league. I think on any given Sunday, he plays like he is the top linebacker uh, in the entire NFL. The only thing that he lacks is turnover prowess. He doesn't have that 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 ability. He hasn't he hasn't had that performance where you see him, you know, take away a lot of uh you know possessions but he has 117 tackles this is still missing a game this isn't even 10 games i think he he's got nine 
nine games. Mm -hmm. And that goes with 1.5 sacks, three pass deflections, and two forced fumbles. So I think that Zaire Franklin is on, he's easily on his way to a Pro Bowl. And if he can force some turnovers and the Colts can finish respectably by the end of the season, he might be able to get himself an all pro. I mean, he's playing out of his freaking mind and he's on pace for 208 tackles, by the way. That's insane. Yeah, Zaire Franklin has been doing this for, for a couple seasons. This is a second season, just kind of being an absolute tackling machine. And people, I, I think it's because the Colts don't, at least this season, haven't gotten much national attention, especially since Anthony Richardson went down with injury or or if it had to deal with Jonathan Taylor. But Zaire Franklin, I mean, it's it's time for him to at least be be getting a Pro Bowl. You know what I mean? I mean, to lead the league in tackles, you, that sh you should be a Pro Bowl linebacker at that point. And, and he's not only is he doing that, but he's shown to be a step up in coverage uh, uh, this year as well. He's certainly well-respected in the locker room, Was has been a captain for almost every single season he's been in the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Zaire Franklin definitely has a big impact on this defense and 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 it's something to behold when he's out there making those types of plays so i i like that pick as well so our next our next one let's move along to breakout player of the year drake and and this one i think this one's Ooh. probably my favorite uh because i have been standing for this guy all 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 season long but i'm gonna have you go first here who is your breakout player of the year there's there's multiple people I could have picked, and I still think somehow Andrew that I'm going to pick yours. I just have a I have a feeling <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to happen. I'm I'm going with Bernard Ryman. Yes, I'm yes. going with Bernard Ryman. I uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, man. At the end of the day, last season, I go I I when I think about Bernard Ryman and how far he's come. And I'll let you elaborate more on this, but like it was last year, it was that ugly, disgusting Broncos game. He comes in, just false start, false start, hold. I mean, he had it was a it was a game to behold as far as penalties. He looked scared, looked like a deer in headlights, and here he goes. Frank Reich, which I still commend Frank Reich for this. He absolutely did nothing with Ryman. He left him in. He let him start. Saturday comes in keeps him in, doesn't change anything. He goes and changes the quarterback, everything else, does not change anything with left tackle. Now he comes into this season and he's playing like a pro bowler. I mean, he's one of the best in the NFL at his craft, at his position. He's great at pass blocking. He's great at run blocking. He's agile as hell. He's a former tight end and he's still raw, everyone. Still a raw offensive tackle. So I'll let you go into more detail, but look, Bernard Ryman, He's been impressive as hell. The sky's the absolute limit for that guy. He is going to rise in the NFL as he gets more experience. Look, if you guys listen to our, our audio only episode, the Horseshoe Huddle halftime episode from, from yesterday, you already know that Bernard Ryman was my pick for the uh, the most fun Colt to watch so far in 2023, and he's my pick for breakout player of the year as well. You're talking about a guy who was, again, a third-round pick in the 2021 NFL draft, was not supposed to play last year. Because of poor play, Bernard Ryman was put in there at left tackle and, and struggled last year to, to begin his tenure. Took his lumps. there. I, I told this story in Horseshoe Huddle Halftime, but I'll tell it again. 
where after that Patriots game, Bernard Ryman, Chris Ballard said that he saw Ryman in tears walking to the bus and he stopped him. He pulled him aside and he said, Hey, listen, these are the moments where you either figure it out and you, and you know that you have it within you to, to be in this league or you don't. And ever since then, Bernard Ryman has been on an absolute tear and proving that he can be the franchise left tackle for the Indianapolis Colts. Pro football focus, again, not the Bible. I think we'll continue to say that till the day we die. But pro football focus currently has Bernard Ryman as the number five offensive tackle in the NFL. Number five offensive tackle in the NFL. And, and one, of the the best pause, pass, one of the best pass blocking uh, uh, tackles in the NFL. So to put that guy on the blind side of your rookie franchise quarterback for years to come, Bernard Ryman has been a star this year. I think, again, he's only given up two sacks all season long, one penalty. It's just he's he's on a he's on a tear and he's continuing to get better. I do that weekly article where I talk about the top five rated Colts uh, from the week, and I think Bernard Ryman is the one since I started doing that weekly that weekly series. Bernard Ryman has been the one that's been on there the most out of any player just just another steal by the Colts taking this guy who is supposed to be a project left tackle and we're in the middle of his second season and and I I don't have the numbers in front of me I I wish I knew stats Matt this is your job look up how many games Bernard Ryman has started in his career but man it's it's not I don't think it's 20 I mean it might be close to 20 but it's only around 20 and we're talking about this guy being uh, in the upper echelon of left tackles in, in the NFL and he's only started 20 career games in the NFL. It's just, it's wild to me. And, and it's very, it, it's very, uh, and just the, just the type of person that Bernard Ryman is too. Uh, uh, he's always been very courteous to, to us in the media. You and I have both had conversations directly with Bernard Ryman. He's always been very, very very upfront in his answers. Uh, he explains himself to us and, and he's a great team as, as well. It's hard to find a better guy in that locker room than Bernard Ryman. I'm a huge fan of his, not only, uh, professionally watching him on the field, but personally just the person that Bernard Ryman is. And, and I'm really glad that he's having this season. And I think it's just, it's just a, the tip of the iceberg for what this kid can do. Yeah, and you know, for Colts fans, I know that, uh, boy, when Anthony Costanzo retired, I was like, you know, they'll find, they'll be able to find somebody, right? Not at all did I think. It's kind of like with Jack Doyle retiring. You're like, they'll be able to find a tight end. They'll be able to find somebody. And it's just like, you haven't been able to replace that. And it's been even worse uh, in that situation for left tackle. So I I think that Bernard Ryman, man, the way that he's played, he, he looks like he could be every bit as good as Anthony Costanzo. And dare I say mm-hmm. it, even better. And Costanzo never got a Pro Bowl. I personally think he should have had at least one. Mm-hmm. But I think that Bernard Ryman is on his way to at least a Pro Bowl. And and he's he's really showing a phenomenal progression. And just wait till he starts getting experience. I'm telling you, he doesn't even have experience yet. He's still playing pretty raw, and he's playing out of his mind. So props to him. Good job. 
Stats Matt says Bernard Ryman is his pick as well. Wyatt Law saying breakout player of the year is Will Fries. Everybody crapped on him after last year, but he has played very well without Braden Smith next to him for most of the year. I like that pick as well, Wyatt. Uh, very good pick. Want to give a shout out to the pick is in. Uh, listen to all episodes to and from work. First time on your live. Great podcast, guys. We really appreciate it. The pick is in. And hey, if that's if that is uh, the tagline to your show, everybody go subscribe. Uh, give the pick is in some love as well stats matt coming in here with the stats like i like i asked him to the third host of the show uh bernard ryman 18 starts at left tackle in college 11 pre-2023 in the nfl so that means so he started nine this year so right there at 20 20 starts in the NFL uh, for Bernard Ryman, and he's already playing at that high of a level. Let's move along to coach of the year, Drake. And, and this, this doesn't mean, just doesn't have to be coach Shane Steichen. It certainly can be, but it can be other coaches uh, on the staff as well. So I know coach, I know Shane Steichen is probably the popular pick here. Uh, I'm not, I, and, and honestly, this probably should go to 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 uh, Shane Steichen for what he has done with this team, but I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. I'm gonna go with Tony Sperano Jr. Drake. I I think what Tony Sperano Jr. has done with this offensive line has completely turned it around. It's turn. It's getting this offensive line back into one of the most formidable units in the NFL. Is it the best unit in the NFL? No, but I would say it's easily a top 10 offensive line in the NFL and, and they, they can handle their own on, on pretty much every game. I haven't really seen a game this year, maybe outside of the Jacksonville game where I've said they've been they've been uh, uh, overmatched or, or haven't played at their best. We've seen resurgences from Bernard Ryman and, and Ryan Kelly, Brayton Smith still playing at, at an all-time high. And while people might not be grading out Quentin Nelson and, and Will Fries, I think they're playing great as well. I've seen Quentin Nelson do some of the things that we saw old Quentin Nelson do a couple years ago. So in my opinion, uh, well, it's probably Shane Steichen is probably the correct pick. I'm going to go with Tony Sperano Jr. for my coach of the year. Yeah, I, I went I went into this, Andrew, thinking that's the that's the outlier. I mean, look, at the end of the day, let's give a, a I'll, I'll give a brief props, you know, to Shane Steichen. He assembled a hell of a coaching staff. And, you know, I know that the defense is I know the defense has been suspect at times, but look, Steichen trusts Bradley. Is his future up in question? Probably, but that's not here or there right now. However, something within that defense is that defensive front. And that defensive front has brought the pain at times. And I love Nate Ollie. I love his attitude. I love that tenacity that he brings. Just being around that guy, you get nothing but a freaking feel of business. This dude is here for he's here to take care of business. When he's coaching those guys, he is as intense as you could possibly get be. And that's how you have to be with guys like Grover Stewart, with guys like DeForest Buckner and Taven Bryan and you know Taekwon Lewis and Dio Dangbo and Samson Ebicom. I mean, he's really got these guys playing on a high level now. Do you want to see more out of Ebicom again? Of course. Do you want to see more out of Quiddy Pay again? Of course. But like he given some of the things that have happened with the interior, especially with Grover Stewart, and in some cases they didn't have Stewart or Johnson. He's done pretty well given all those switches and changes. So Nate Ollie, man, he's got this defensive front, in my opinion, playing fantastic. And I love when they're at full strength because when they're at full strength, they're a top 10 unit. Yeah, I would agree. 
Um, and 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 I, I want to do before we move on to our final uh, category here. Let's give Shane Steichen his flowers, because Drake. Yeah. I don't know very many. I don't know very many. Uh, very many coaches, rookie coaches, who could deal with their star player being out for a month, dealing with all the drama that came with that, having your rookie quarterback go down within the first month, uh, dealing with and getting a whole new team uh, together, trying to build this culture. And the Colts are at 500 at their bye week and have a legitimate shot the, to, if, if they can win these winnable games in in throughout the end of november into december and january they have a shot at the playoffs and and for a guy that's only in his late 30s first year being a head coach in this league to be able to handle all that i mean shade Steichen has done an incredible job and and whether you like how he talks to the media or not he certainly hasn't been rude i mean drake and i have have talked to shane steichen multiple times he has never once treated us rudely uh, he might not give you a lot of information but hey that's not his job to give away and be an open book his job is to go out there and win football games so every time i've spoken with coach steichen he has been he's been very very polite as well always always gives you uh, an answer whether you like how detailed it is or not that's up to you. But Shane Steichen, I think, has done a phenomenal job. He's creating this culture with the Colts, and, and there's a sense of accountability back within this organization, within the, in this locker room, that I think was very very dearly missed over the last few seasons. So I'm very excited with where Shane Steichen is leading this team moving forward. But Drake, let's get into our final category, MVP, most valuable player for the Indianapolis Colts. I think there's multiple avenues we could all go with this. So Drake, finish it off for us, buddy. Who is your Colts MVP so far in the 2023 season? So I, I I went with my MVP that I went with in the piece that I had this entry in, and that's Zaire Franklin, man. I, I think that I think that Zaire Franklin, his presence on defense, he is officially uh, the leader of the defense. I think that DeForest Buckner is obviously you know an argument, Kenny Moore, but that trifecta of leaders in completely different position groups. You've got DeForest Buckner on the front. You. You've got Kenny Moore in the secondary, and you've got Zaire Franklin in the linebacker. And we're not going to get into the Shaq, you know, issues going on right now or whatever you want to call that. But, you know, Shaq Leonard, EJ Speed, and Zaire Franklin have become such a potent linebacking core. And I think that a lot of that is because of Zaire Franklin's emergence. He's playing out of his mind. 200-plus tackles is what he is on pace to hit. That is absolutely ridiculous, man. That's a, that's a stupid pace to keep up, especially when you just broke the record of your own team's individual solo tackles in a, or uh, overall tackles in an individual season, which is bonkers. So I think that Zaire Franklin is just going to continue to get better. I think that he does. There's certain areas like maybe pass coverage, maybe like forcing turnovers where he needs to improve to really take his his level to like the highest point, but I think I don't think he's far off, man. And I think he's playing absolutely fantastic. So I give a lot of credit to Zaire when he's not when he wasn't out there. You definitely noticed. And uh hey, I think he's on his way to a Pro Bowl season and maybe even more if he keeps it up. I think Zaire Franklin has done a very great job in in 2023. Uh, he's certainly the leader of of this defense, um, and and he has he's performed better than any linebacker on the Colts. But Drake, I think this is where we disagree. 
because I think the most valuable player that if he was not out there on the field, I don't even want to know what this Colts defense would look like. For me, Zaire Franklin came off the field uh, against the Panthers. Saguna Luby came in and, and played pretty well. Um, but if this guy was off the field, I, I don't know if the Colts would be able to win if this guy wasn't out there. That's number 99, DeForest Buckner. DeForest Buckner has been the heart and soul of this defense uh, this season, consistently putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks, stuffing the run. With Grover Stewart being out, DeForest Buckner has had to step up. Even though he's been getting even more double teams since Grover Stewart has been out, there's been more focus on stopping DeForest Buckner. Doesn't matter. He's still a menace there in the middle of the defensive line. Before this past game, he was leading the Indianapolis Colts in sacks before Dio Odangbo went off and got three of his own. But man, it seems like every single week we're talking about DeForest Buckner wrecking games up the middle and being a disruptive force for the Colts. Chris Ballard talked about it this week that that he he was asked about DeForest Buckner and he said, you know, I think he's gotten better since we since we traded for him in 2020. The guy just shows up, produces, produces at a high level. You can always count on DeForest Buckner being out there. And when he isn't out there, he's barely missed any time. But when he isn't out there, this Colts defense is an absolute shell of itself. So for me, it's DeForest Buckner. DeForest Buckner is the MVP for this Colts team team and and it's it's i i don't know if it's even close at least in my opinion that this colts team would be much worse without buckner on the field no and that's a very fair argument because uh we've seen it multiple times that if he isn't out there teams just basically start running the ball right in the middle and it's like the colts whoever the coordinator has been at the time they knew that they're like okay they're going to run it up the middle doesn't matter deforest buckner's not there and that just shows you how hard it is to match that level of play. And when Grover Stewart's out there with DeForest Buckner, that's an entirely different freaking issue. But great pick because even without Grover Stewart, he's still out there just destroying double teams anyway. So Stats Matt says MVP is Michael Pittman Jr. It seems Ooh. obvious he's the guy that QBs look for. And without him, I don't know if the offense is as good as it's been. Pittman's a good pick. I think it's a very underrated pick for MVP. Wyatt Law says Buck is a man's man and a total badass. Uh, I agree right there with you, Wyatt. NFL nerd <laughs> says, Andrew, you got it, man. Defoe, 100% the MVP. So a lot of DeForest Buckner love. We we don't dis we don't uh, uh, hate on that one bit. The more DeForest Buckner love we get on this show, the better. So those are our awards for, uh, for the Colts for the midseason. We'll probably do another one of these episodes once the season ends, see if any of our picks have changed changed uh, over the last uh, seven weeks of the season but hey if you didn't put your your award winners in the chat go ahead and put them in the comments go ahead and comment your uh, uh your award winners for the indianapolis colts so far would love to read what those are uh and see if they change once the season is over so drake not too much to talk about uh as far as colts news and rumors this week because the colts are on the buy and really no one's in the building but Colts.com did have uh, their midseason interview uh, with uh, Chris Ballard this week, and I thought it was pretty interesting some of the things that that he said. So if you haven't caught it uh, yet, please go to Colts.com and 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 check check out the. Uh, uh, 
check out that interview with Chris Ballard uh, by Lara Overton. JJ Stefanski is on there as well. Uh, NFL nerd with the super chat saying, thanks fellas. Fun show uh, for the bye week Really appreciate it. NFL nerd. Anytime you're on here uh, and participating in the chat makes the show much more fun. So thank you so much for the super chat NFL nerd, but Drake, let's talk about uh, the Chris Ballard interview real quick before we, we let you guys go uh, catch Thursday night football. Let's start out with what he had to say about uh, Jonathan Taylor negotiations, talking about how, again, they wanted to wait and just to make sure Jonathan Taylor was was healthy. And, and there was some heightened tension there, but he said it was happy they were able to put it aside, get Jonathan Taylor under contract because they feel like he still has a lot of really good years left in him. Only 24 still believe he's young. And, and Chris Ballard in the end was really glad that they could get Jonathan Taylor locked up, not only for this team, but for what he does in the community. Yeah, and, you know, you look at what happened with the devaluing, if you will, uh, in the offseason of the running back position. And at one point, you're like thinking, and you you and I talked about this, it's totally warranted, you know, but then at some point, you're like, wow, these guys are really just completely not valued at all at some at, at one point. You're thinking, you know, these guys, it's it's they still have a huge position in the league, and they're just not being paid like it. And so I, I think that Ballard's interview really cleared up a lot of fog. In case anybody was still confused on the situation, go listen to it. I mean, he, he basically clears up everything. Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson. Jonathan Taylor is going to be such a huge inter- insurance policy for Anthony Richardson. He's going to be able to help Richardson adjust to the NFL. He's only 24, like you said, and he's still got, I think, a lot of good years ahead of him. So given Shane Steichen's play calling ability and the fact that if he can you know, incorporate another guy like Evan Hall long term, because like you said, I don't think Moss resigns. Um, I, I just think Jonathan Taylor is integral to Shane Steichen's offense for the future and for Anthony Richardson's development. And he also talked about Anthony Richardson as well, Drake. He gave an update on Anthony Richardson uh, about why they did the surgery because he even said, you know, I came here when at the end of when Andrew Luck was dealing with everything with his shoulder and it just, they, they didn't want to go through that again. And, and to ensure this doesn't happen, especially since it was Anthony Richardson's throwing shoulder, they wanted to make sure they got it right now and, and that there wouldn't be any other problems moving forward. So that's why they went ahead with the surgery. Uh, Chris Ballard said that the surgery went very well. Rehab is already going very well for Anthony Richardson, which Colts fans I know you 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 all love to hear that uh that that Richardson is already progressing in his in his rehab and and Ballard said they expect him back in the spring so everything is on 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 track for Anthony Richardson to join the Colts in spring workouts. Obviously, the kid is disappointed. Uh, I thought it was really, really interesting to hear that the, that Richardson left a voicemail with Shane Steichen after his surgery, and, and Steichen played that in a team meeting the week that he got that surgery, uh, basically telling the team that that he was disappointed, that he wasn't going to be able to play, uh, that he felt like he, he let the team down in a sense, but that he had full confidence in this team moving forward uh, and and was going to cheer them on and and expected them to go out there and win. So really kind of a kind of a cool story to see the maturity of the 20 of the 21 year old and and how much of a leader he is for this Colts team and and how much he loves his teammates and how much they love him back. 
He's going to grow so much in the NFL, and he's got the perfect coach to do it with. Uh, now that they've got Taylor back there, perfect running back to do it with. And you know, at the end of the year, at, at the end of the day, I think that it was a good idea to get all that done because you're preventing future injuries as well. So I think it's a good move to get the surgery, you know, done ahead of time. Right. Wyatt Law says that Ballard also spoke highly of Steichen's input for what he needs. Chris referred to building around AR5, but I'm seeing a collaboration between he and Steichen to find the pieces. Yeah, Shane Steichen definitely knows what he wants for this offense. Obviously, you can't do it all in one offseason, so it is going to be very interesting to see what changes are made in this offseason to get things where Shane Steichen wants it. It'll be a full offseason with Shane Steichen. He won't be going through it coaching search during the middle of it so that's going to give us a lot of content and a lot to talk about here once the season is over and then finally we'll, we'll end it on this drake about what chris ballard said about josh downs and and i know it perked up a lot of colts fans ears when they if they heard this but he said you know ty hilton was a player that probably was the bet had the best football instincts of anyone I've ever been around in my football career. Josh Downs has a little bit of that. He says he's not going to put him on the same level as T.Y. Hilton yet. Got a long way to go before before you become the team's next T.Y. Hilton. But he said Josh Downs has a that has those instincts in him, and he thinks he has the potential to to reach that and be a really good player for the Colts for a long time. And and I mean. We had talked about how we saw some T.Y. Hilton in, in Josh Downs as well, Drake, and, and he certainly hasn't disappointed so far in his rookie season. No, and when you look at the fact that, that he's produced so much early on with two different quarterbacks of two different complete, completely two, you know, two completely different play styles, it's actually really impressive and even the more, you know, amazing. And I think that as Again, as we've talked with a couple of these rookies, as he gets more experience and as he understands the playbook more, man, look for him to blossom, and especially with Richardson and just the relationship that they've already established. I agree. So if you haven't seen uh, that interview, go to Colts.com and check that out with uh, with Chris Ballard. It's a really good one, and it gives some insight into what the Colts general manager is thinking as we hit the midway point of the season. So that's our show for today, guys. Really, really appreciate you joining in and, and hearing who our picks are for the uh, the rookie of or not rookie of the year, but here are midseason awards for the Indianapolis Colts. Want to give a shout out to our super stickers and our super chats tonight true it my beautiful wife danielle and nfl nerd really appreciate uh the super chats and all of your support tonight it definitely does not go unnoticed thank you so much to everybody else that joined in the chat gave your award predictions and and your picks as well really fun episode tonight so if you haven't done so please go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i go live whenever shod goes live with the saddle up show so you never miss an episode and while you're here go ahead and hit a like button on that video as well but if you can't catch us live or, or you can't catch us on youtube apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review so we can reach other colts fans just like you although it is the bye week drake has still been riding away furiously giving out putting out content for you guys to check out on horseshoehuddle.com drake tell the people what you've written this week so they can go check it out so i give my five uh mid-season awards actually ironically enough <laughs> and then um i have my uh my biggest surprise my biggest disappointment my biggest wild card going into the bye week for the colts to so go check those out 
fun stuff. Go check those out. For me, I've got the piece out on the top five graded Colts from their game against the New England Patriots in Germany. And the number one spot definitely surprised me. And I think it will surprise you as well. So make sure you go check that out and all the other writings on horseshoehuddle.com as we get you set for the final half of the 2023 season. Go follow Drake at DWalsterDrake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we'll be back Monday night with a question and answer episode. So we're going to be asking for your guys' questions uh, on X. We'll ask for them on Facebook, uh, and we'll be answering all of your guys' questions on Monday night before we get ready for the Indianapolis Colts to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So bring your questions. We'll answer the ones that are super chats first to make sure that you guys get going, and then we'll answer everyone else's questions Uh, as time permits. So for Drake and myself, have a great weekend, a stress-free weekend as you're not worrying about a cold. Enjoy football. Enjoy football. If you got red zone, throw it on. Hope your fantasy teams get, uh, get some dubs this weekend. And we'll be seeing you back here Monday night to answer all of your Colts questions. We'll see you then, Colts Nation.